Do you seek answers found only in Apocrypha? Well, you came to the right people. After all, this is the Daedric Podcast. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Daedric Podcast. This is Lirianda. What's up, you scummy skooma suckers? <laughs> Jesus. Let me ask you this. Do you think that in the Elder Scrolls universe exists a concept like a moon sugar daddy? Probably. They will, ne- they will never call it that, but... A moon sugar. Exists. Moon sugar daddy, come on. That, that <laughs> moon sugar daddy. They have normal sugar too, though, so... you know. Oh yeah, they do, you're right. Anyway, that was a weird intro. <laughs> That's a great intro. So, on today's episode, we are going to continue talking about the White Gold Tower and its many, many theories. Uh, actually, I think we're rounding off the theories. Uh, there might be some that we left out. Yeah, well, we'll encounter them eventually. So, starting off, these theories are all connected in a chronological order, almost. For you see, we start off with the secret tunnels under White Gold. In Elder Scrolls IV, Oblivion, uh, during the Thieves' Guild questline, spoilers for those who haven't finished that, you at some point access the ancient secret tunnels that are below the Imperial City, and in the first Elder Scrolls game, in Arena, in the final dungeon, you also confront Jaegar Tharn in the Imperial Palace, and it looks like it's in some kind of you know dungeon or tunnels below the thing. So, what is the theory here? Well, the theory here is is that where the hell does these tunnels come from <laughs> and what is in them? Because if you go through them during the Thieves' Guild, there is a lot of stuff down there. It is one of the biggest alien ruins that you're going to find, and it's not easy the to get biggest, to. Biggest, like, space-wise or, like, busiest? Like, more, more, like, infrastructure and shit? I think... I'm not sure if it's the physically the biggest. It's more of, like, it has the most separate sections. And you can really get lost. It's not like those alien rooms where they have like big spaces that just take up way too much space. But this one is actually like, it has a lot of unique sides to them. It has unique puzzles. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, like, historically speaking, all the major metropoli, like Paris, Berlin, Prague, are built on top of catacombs or even like the cities that were there before it. To a certain extent, absolutely. Especially in the Elder Scrolls world, where we actually know that this thing occurs more often, because I remember there's one theory about a Daedic temple that's built underneath a Dwemer ruin, which is built underneath a completely different ruin. It's like layers of ruins on top of each other. But going back to the tunnels, the tunnels is one thing that they argue about, like what is in here, but they also have something else, which they believe is below the white gold. Namely, the scroll vault. This is an interesting one. It ties to the previous episode with the Adamantia scroll rocket one, where Michael Kirkbride says that Adamantia Tower is actually a scroll case. Michael Kirkbride said that the Elder Scrolls, the actual like artifact, the piece of papy- papyrus that we get to play with in the games, is a fake. Yes. 
Michael Kirkbride was asked on the Elder Scroll that the Grey Fox altered in Oblivion, he stated that that wasn't the real Elder Scroll. That was a copy of a copy of a copy of one of the three giant cylinders, the real Elder Scrolls. The copies are powerful artifacts, to be sure. The three cylinders are kept in the vaults beneath White Gold Tower. Mortals have interacted with them. And this, of course, is where the name of this theory, Scroll Vaults Under White Gold, uh, comes from. The part where they're in a vault under the White Gold Tower is the least interesting. They're f the scrolls are fucking fake, and real scrolls are like humongous metallic cylinders. What the fuck? And it also basically implies that the entire Elder Scroll library that they have in the top of the White Gold Tower they're all either fakes or copies or like parts of those humongous. Uh, how fucking powerful are the original cylinders? Yes. If if a copy of a copy of a copy, which is just a piece of paper, is so powerful you can travel in time with it, and it has to be like locked away in a in a Dwemer ruin somewhere for thousands of years. I think that that's slightly different. Like. All the Elder Scrolls that you find in the tower are implied to be copies of those three. But then the Elder Scrolls that you use in Skyrim, well, one of them is in possession of uh, Sarana. One of them is in the Dwemer Ruin. And then the last of them is in the possession of Sarana's mother in the Soul Cairn. Yeah. And if all the Elder Scrolls that are in the White Gold Tower are considered copies, and considering the size that they are, you could also interpret the scrolls that are in the possession of Sarana and such. These are also copies. Like, even the Dwemer yeah, of course, copies. And these three are also part of one bigger scroll. Not necessarily the ones that are in the White Gold Tower, but... He doesn't say that all Elder Scrolls are underneath the no. White Gold Tower. Because we know now that one of the Elder Scrolls is THE Adamantite Tower. Yes. So we know of four real Elder Scrolls. Yes. And, and it's applied uh, to be at least a fifth. And it, at, Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't surprise me if it turns out that there are exactly eight Elder Scrolls. True, original Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Is that even a question? Yeah, no, it's gotta be eight, or they're gonna go for 16. But we'll see. Like, when you think about it, Sun, what's, what Aedra could be Sun? Like Tam is Akatosh, and uh, what's what's the what's the scroll that the Serana's mother has? There's Sun, Dragon, and Blood. Dragon is the one that's in, in the time one, yeah. It's the time one, yes. So that's ex that's self-explanatory. Yeah. That's Akatosh. Blood is the one owned by Serana's mother. And here that theory falls apart because I don't know a single Aedra that's like blood related. Well, no, no. Remember what it. we said earlier. Uh, these three scrolls that you have to combine in the Dawnguard DLC are all part of the one over scroll, as you were. Oh, like that. Yes. So they are. They can all be combined because in reality they are all part of the same thing. Oh. Hmm. So in that case, it might be just all part of Akatosh, for instance. If it is related to the Aedra. Or maybe it's just a different eight. That's also possible. Hmm. But yeah, so that's another like, theory. This is that... such an interesting concept. And it's so like it's so li little talked about. Yeah, I mean, this might just be another theory that we just created. <laughs> might. <laughs> yeah, what what, what are we going to call it? The Over Scroll? The Over Elder Scroll? Over Scroll? The Primal Scroll? <laughs> 
Oh, that's a nice one. Primal scroll. All right. Let's. The primal scroll. The primal scrolls, plural. All right. So, uh, leaving that aside, uh, we have another theory, sort of related to this, which is the hidden imperial archives. Now, this one is actually fairly hard to figure out what the hell they're talking about because there's no specific mention of hidden imperial archives however the pocket guide to the empire second edition seems to refer to a forbidden library of the moth chantry which is where the the pocket guide was sequestered or you know made slash ordered so it could be that you could also interpret it as the fact that the imperial city is, is implied to be a hub of knowledge and you have of course the mages guild and whatnot but but they don't have a, like a library library they like, have a small they... library related to magic but in general it's not like a massive library that you would expect there to be if you uh, remember the inside of the white gold tower back in oblivion like that big hall they have in the center mm-hmm. you know that size of room of a library is what you would expect I mean, even exactly. even the the library in Vivek in Morrowind is bigger than the one you see in the College of Winterhold. So you kind of expect the Imperial City, that huge city, to have some kind of library and maybe even archives, which makes sense. Hmm. And therefore, there's a theory hidden Imperial archives. Though some also just say that it is a reference to how the Imperial Library, the website. <laughs> is more obscure oh, yeah. than unofficial Elder Scrolls uh, <laughs> pages and the wikia. A lot of My- Michael Kirkbride's work is on there, where it's not on the unofficial uh, Elder Scrolls pages or the wikia. Not only that, it also has uh, transcripts from Q&As of the developers and the, the uh, lore masters and a lot of for- archived forum debates uh, yeah. before, they, before the forums were closed. Yep, exactly. uh, it's really a well of knowledge if you know how to navigate through it yes. and if you know what you're looking for. Exactly. So, like we said before, the Hidden Imperial Archives might be a forbidden library of the Moth Chantry. Moth Chantry, of course, being the home of the ancestor Moth Priests, which in turn are named after the Ancestor Moths, which is the final theory of today. Yay. Nice segue. This is an actual thing that you can encounter in the Dawnguard DLC in the Elder Scrolls 5. Yes. It's a species of moth and they have a very special power. These moths produce a sound or on a very specific frequency that somehow resonates with the Elder Scrolls themselves or the at least the copies of the Elder Scrolls and allow one to read the Elder Scroll without being vaporized. Vaporized! They can be used in a old ritual to help read the Elder Scrolls without being harmed by them, because a lot of the Elder Scrolls... Which is bullshit, because if you play the Dongar DLC, the, the guy that actually reads the Elder Scrolls for you, even though he used the moths, he goes fucking blind. No, 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 you use the moths, because he can't use it anymore. He was too eager to read the scroll without any preparation. And he didn't use the moth. 
So he actually went blind. Oh, he didn't use and that. And to prevent us from ah. going blind, we have to use the ancestor the, why, why did we use the dragon scroll without any issue? And it, we have to use yeah. the moths. Technically, we only take a quick look at the Elder Scroll, whereas the priest looks at the scroll for a long time. We just take a quick look. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, anyway, uh, another interesting thing about these moths is that their cocoons can be fashioned into a silk and uh, made into cloth that moth priests use as a piece of clothing. Mm. And they enchant these cloth with chants and magic that helps them to commune with the Elder Scrolls and the, uh, and the ancestor moths. An interesting thing is that if the priest is badass enough, uh, he actually doesn't use the silk. He just uses the moths themselves. <laughs> th themselves. He covers himself with a powder from a tree bark that the moths are naturally attracted to. And then the moths function as his clothes. He's just basically wearing a robe of moths. A butterfly, yeah, a butterfly robe. Yeah, it's just fucking weird. And they have to chant to keep the moths like calm. Mm -hmm. And if they speak outside of a chant, the uh, the moths go batshit crazy and they fly away and they burst. Wow. They they burst, but as soon as they start singing again. They go calm again and start like glowing. Mm -hmm. And that's a thing that I find very interesting and it's probably the source of this theory is that the ancestor moth seems to have some kind of relation to both sound and light, which we talked about before several episodes ago about how... Yeah, with the uh, sound, sound and light-based powers and divine abilities. Yes, and I think that this theory might be related. And there's also just a question of how the hell can these moths somehow allow you to safely read Elder Scrolls? How... It's about the sound. Yeah. Uh, like, how they, are they in they, tune with When them? they flutter their wings, the, like, the frequency is, like, somehow it, like, calms the scroll as if it was sentient. Yeah, but then that, you know, how did that come to be? That's the question. Maybe the quote-unquote copies of the Elder Scrolls, which we're talking about, are actually made out of ancestor moths. Oh, that, that's a good <laughs> one. That's that's a good one. It's, I mean, it's it's uh, written on a piece of cloth. Yeah, so, you know, and we, you, you explained it's, earlier. It might, it might be the ancestor moth cloth. Yeah, who, who knows? Who fucking knows? Because I... I haven't heard of papyrus in uh, the Elder Scrolls. Well, they have every paper, book is. But... <laughs> they have paper, but not papyrus. Mm. Or at least it's not defined. Anyway, those were the theories of today. Very exciting, especially in combination with uh, our new theory that we popped in there. Yeah, the uh, primal scroll. Yeah, that's, primal. that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for uh, listening and. I guess next time we might uh, talk a bit more about actual Elder Scrolls and the theories related to them. Be prepared for a lot more Michael Kirkbraid stuff. Oh god! But uh, we we're getting better at like going through him. Oh my! I think uh, it's easier and easier, and that sounded kinky, but I meant it like it's easier and easier for us to understand what what the author meant. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Enjoy your day and